Malcolm, that was really fantastic. Um, great interview, a great keynote speech over at LinkedIn. One question I had, you had a really good uh, point between puzzles and mysteries. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of businesses are struggling with having absolutely too much data these days. And so uh, toward the end, you're answering a question I'd like you to just sort of recap, which is how do businesses who are struggling with sort of information overload and are no longer in the puzzle side of the business and now trying to figure out how to solve mysteries, what are the best ways that they can actually accomplish that today? Yeah. Well, I mean, um, that's an extraordinarily complicated question to which I only have a partial answer, but I mean, it, it requires us to be disciplined about the kind of data that we think is important and right. the kind of data that we think is not as useful. I mean, we have to start ranking almost um, uh, uh, data in terms of how of its uh, value. And that's the, you know, the baseline, the intuitive human move is to treat all data points as roughly equal. Yeah. The hardest thing to do is to kind of uh, be more calibrated in how we assess the importance of bits. And so, um, you know, I think it's time for us to take steps to, in some cases, to um, to remove certain kinds of information from the... Yeah. Um, so I, I've been really fascinated with the hiring strategies, for example, that um, where the first couple rounds are entirely blind, mm -hmm. where you don't meet the person until you've already sort of winnowed the group down considerably. And I, I like that a lot because I'm not sure the data you collect from a face-to-face -face encounter early on in the interview process is useful. I think it's more harmful than it's useful. Um, it takes your eye off the ball. So, so, and I really appreciate that. I think one of the things that I liked is your sort of uh, strategic ignoring of data. You know, the idea being that essentially there are certain things that if you can ignore those things, you can focus on the things that matter and then make better decisions at that point. So yeah. oh, that was great. Um, another question, if you were to write a tipping point today and you had sort of all the data insights that you now have at your fingertips, what would tipping point 2.0 look like or how would it differ now that you have access to the mavens, the connectors, and the salespeople at your fingertips? tips oh wow I mean the book would be uh, it's very hard to imagine rewriting a book that you wrote almost 20 years ago but sure uh, but it's still relevant uh, to a lot of people today yeah I know people are still I mean I think today. I mean I, th I think you would there would be a lot of discussion about how the I mean that book was really written before the full onset of the internet age yeah and so I mean I would think it would talk a lot about how the internet has served to amplify the kind of personality uh, types I was describing in that book, mm -hmm. um, and in some places, amplify, in some places, replace. You know, sure. the internet can play a role of. Uh, I don't think you will ever remove people and their personality from the equation, but there's a the algorithm changes when you have the internet involved. Now we obviously talk a lot about that, um, and uh, yeah, I think that would probably be the that the main be, one. That would be the main Another, another question I have is relative to sort of information. I mean, you are an incredible source of wealth of information. What kind of, uh, what are the places you go for your information? I mean, you've obviously report back in your books and you report back in, in New Yorker, but are there certain things you read every day religiously? Are there certain types of places where you go for your insights that sort of help drive some of your decisions? Well, I mean, I spend a lot of time in libraries. Yes. That's not a very, uh, these days that seems like a very antiquated. No, I love that, I do the same. <laughs> But uh, there's still an awful lot of information, useful information that is not easily found on the internet. Um, yeah. Some things are easily found there and some things are hard to find. And so I think it's important to, to have a variety of different old and new school approaches. Um, 
And it's also important to have regular conversations with people outside your own world. Mm -hmm. That's the only way you're ever going to uncover anything new or valuable. When you think about the sort of the books that you write, what do you, what what sort of leads you to decide that this is a particular topic you're going to go deep on? Uh, what's is there any particular sort of thread that you pull on that sort of says, you know what, this is not an article for New Yorker, this is a full book? Like, where does that come from? Well, I mean, if you have to, if you deal with something for six months, think about something for six months and you're not bored. Yeah, it's probably a good, a good book. book. <laughs> if, if you run out of things to think about after six months, it's probably an article. That's awesome. Um, in terms of just sort of as you think about sort of your podcast, Revisionist History, which by the way is amazing and everybody should go be listening to this right now, and you look at sort of like where you go with this information, you know, you one of the things I really appreciate you said in a recent article for Adweek was that, you know, you are exploring new and interesting ways to sort of connect with your audience. So what have you discovered through this podcast series, I don't know if you're now in season two, that maybe you weren't expecting, you know, sort of having gone from sort of more traditional books and magazines into more of a, a digital format well I mean I suppose I was ex I mean the one thing I did expect but didn't realize the magnitude of it was how generational uh, how generationally skewed podcasts are mm. um, so I've really managed it's it's I the bulk of the audience seems to be under 30 yeah um, which is kind of fantastic and a little bit unexpected and then, <laughs> The other thing was something I discovered very belatedly, something that you know actors and performers and such have known for a long time, which is that you're, with your, when you're dealing with your voice, you can reach people's emotions in a way you can't with the printed word. Mm. Um, and that was a real revelation, um, just about how the, the balance between, um, uh, you know, sort of, the intellect and the heart uh, shifts when you're speaking to people. Yeah. Well, and one of the things I also liked about the uh, Adweek article was helping your mom get on the podcasting. And the reason I like that was because it sort of shows that one of the reasons why it's probably under 30 is there's a lot more steps that people are expected to take and it shouldn't be as hard as it currently is. So yeah. I think there's an opportunity there for that next generation. Yeah. So it's good. Um, last question, in terms of when you think about sort of a conference like this one, uh, LinkedIn Sales Connect, uh, you know, they are doing a really good job on the sales navigator side of trying to figure out how to sift through data for salespeople. Um, you know, knowing sort of this, uh, this puzzles versus mysteries and sort of looking at this, if you look at uh, a new business prospect as more of a mystery, not a puzzle, you know, and you think about all the ways in which you want to engage a particular prospect, mm -hmm. any insights from the things you just talked about on stage that would apply directly to how a, a really good salesperson might research an opportunity and things to either pay attention to or stay away from, you know, in terms of that, that mystery to be able to solve a real problem that a real prospect has. Yeah. Oh dear. I mean, <laughs> we're, we're now so far outside my area of expertise. Fair enough. Uh, that I'll, I'll leave that to the sales professionals. I'm, you know, and I'll go back to the library. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Hey, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it.